there. Welcome to the Dream Bigger Ventures podcast, where you'll hear stories and lessons learned from inspiring Filipino entrepreneurs building tastes of heaven on earth. My name's Christine Rico, founder of Dream Bigger Ventures and your host for the show. I'm so glad you're here and hope today's episode will encourage you to dream bigger for the Philippines and beyond. Hello. All right. Hello, Mark. Kamusta ka na? <laughs> all good. All good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and yeah. how are you? I am doing really well. Excited for our conversation today. And for those listening, we get to have a fun conversation today on this episode with Mark Tupas, who's the founder and CEO of Diochemy Coding Products. Um, and I love the name of your company, Mark, right? Dio meaning God and Kemi meaning chemistry. So mm-hmm. this company is really about God's chemistry. <laughs> so we're going to talk, we're going to talk to Mark today. We're going to hear his story um, and then talk a little bit about his venture building process. But Mark, first off, where are you joining us from today? Where are you right now? I am right now in Manila, Philippines. Yeah. And, uh, shout out and greetings to all your listeners or viewers. I hope they're all well uh, when they're enjoying this conversation. <laughs> I agree. So I, uh, yeah. And is it hot there right now? <laughs> I'm assuming yes, as always. Yeah, it is uh, after uh, usually Holy Week and uh, the month uh after uh, Easter, it's it's usually uh, the dog days of summer here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. And your background is super interesting. Tell us about that image. Is, well, uh, is that a standard background? It is a, uh, well, I'm a big fan of golf. Uh, and I lived in Florida for seven years. And so... Okay. And, and Florida itself is just a paradise. So yeah, that that's a, a golf course in one of the Florida. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I uh, I do not golf very much, but I did go to a driving range about a month mm-hmm. ago, and it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely do it again. It takes a lot of focus, just kind of remembering all of the you know the proper technique and how to hold your arms and <laughs> all of that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The park. I know. I know. Sometimes when you watch it, right. It seems like it's just, <laughs> you, know, you swing it and then you actually do it. And it's every body part needs such precise positioning. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. I like, I like the technique aspect of it. I love that challenge. A lot of moving parts. Uh, a lot, again, a lot of moving for, parts. For, you know, my dad introducing me to the sport because uh, it's it's really helping me uh, as an entrepreneur. You know, you get to meet really? a lot of clients. Yeah, a lot of clients, a lot of customers, um, a lot of friends uh, in the golf course. Yeah. So that's really helped. Uh, you know, I, I thought the same. I thought that the saying that they say, like, uh, you know, a lot of contracts and a lot of, uh, I guess, agreements are, are in a lot of shaken hands or you know, happened in the golf course. And that, that, that I'm, I'm living that. It's actually really true. 
<laughs> yeah, I I've heard that as well. I mean, I've I've observed that. I've personally in in my line of work um, not experienced that too too much, but yeah, I, I agree. It's true, and I can you know with the way that golf is. Um, you know, just the, the sport itself, right? There's a lot of time just traveling through the green and, and yeah. And it's a, it's beautiful scenery. Like I can understand why it's, it's just like. And, and you live in California. So yeah. There's a bunch of courses there. I mean, for me, if it's not really about the game, it's really about the, the scenery, I would say. Um, yeah. You know, not yeah. that far from Pebble Beach, you know, it's, uh, it's very scenic and one of the most uh, prestigious yeah. golf courses in the oh, world. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, let, all that said, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit, Mark, about your background now that we know your golfing background and the time you spent <laughs> in the U.S. Why don't we fill our listeners in a little bit on who you are, more about your family? Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? And yeah, tell us a little bit about you. Okay, uh, so um, I'm Mark Tupas. I uh, was born and raised uh, right here in the Philippines uh, at the city of smiles called Bacolod. Um, uh, growing up, uh, a lot of inspiration actually. Uh, now that I'm starting to realize and you're giving me all these questions to ponder, uh, you know, in terms of inspiration, like, hmm. Uh, growing up, I did consider becoming a priest to think that I have an uncle who, well, he passed away. He was a priest. Um, and also I was inspired to be a scientist, which I'm also starting to realize one of my uncle who passed away was also a scientist for NASA, believe it or not. Um, well, he passed away in, uh, in a long time ago, but he was a scientist. And uh, final inspiration, actually, I became a, chem a chemical engineer uh, and, uh, and again, realizing that that's the inspiration of my dad because he is a chemical engineer. Mm -hmm. And so um, fast forward uh, through my education, uh, to my career, uh, I became a chemical engineer and I also uh, am and still am a, a research scientist. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I guess, you know, getting all that inspiration and uh, priesthood aside, uh, the religious aspect, uh, again, you know, my, my mom, uh, she has that brother who's a priest, you know, my mom and dad are very devout uh, with our, you know, Catholic faith. Uh, and so growing up, you know, it was really embedded in us. And so, although I turned out to be a father instead of a, you know, a Catholic father, um, you know, the religious aspect has been there and has been well inspired, uh, not just by my uncle, but also our family from both sides, from my dad and my mom. Yeah, yeah. So, very religious, very uh, educated and uh, <laughs> uh, right. inspired easily. Yeah. I'm curious, though, as a kid, what you know, attracted you to this role of being a priest? Do you remember uh, what was going through your yeah, mind? Oh, a lot of things, actually. It's uh, nature and nurture as well, because the nature, the background is, um, you know, my, my family is very devout, my mom and dad. 
uh, and again, uncles and uh, grandparents that are also very devout. And we live literally like 50 steps away from the church. So we are, we live behind the church. Wow. So I, uh, I was there. I was boy um yeah every sunday i i would you know when our priest would do service i i was the altar boy there uh and i also went to a catholic uh all boys school uh for my elementary and my high school and also um for college i i went to a catholic school as well so uh it's been yeah it's all been religious uh, and spiritual uh, in one aspect and so the uh the inspiration actually to become a priest was just it was just there you know you were you were just surrounded by by people um and actually uh well i decided like i really wanted to do to go to the seminary um after i graduated um you know when i was about to get to high school and my mom actually kind of stopped me and said you know i'm going to um seminaries might be tough like finish high school and and check where you are um so so she did kind of steer me like a little away from it but uh yeah so that's why i, I kind of decided like you know what i, I might go to normal regular college if uh you know because like again going into high school i uh got into um let's say the normal vices of a teen you know a little bit of drinking you know hanging out with you know too much friends you know and enjoying the moment and so yeah i kind of said like eh, there's a part of me that's still um attached to that so yeah i'm just gonna live my life as a normal person <laughs> it's always fascinating to hear you know uh what kids you know, as kids what you dream about and how that evolves and uh eventually also i love the role of your uncles you know seeing these examples in your life played a big role in shaping your imagination right of yeah. what you could be but praise god fast forward you became a scientist um and of course, I know your, your faith in God continues to play a big role in your life. So I'm curious at this point in your life, who is God to you? That is a very good question, Christine. Um, growing up, you know, I always thought, and I'd like to say and share this with your viewers, here in the Philippines, we have a Santo Nino, right? I don't know if <laughs> in other Catholic religions, uh, it's the it's the baby and also the toddler Jesus, right? So as a kid, as a toddler, I always kind of looked like, hey, Jesus is my friend, you know, Jesus is my playmate. Uh, and when I got to be an adult, kind of learned like you know the the adult Christ as well, you know the the, the you know the, the serving everyone, being a nomad, going everywhere, you know, just really just going out and 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 meeting a lot of people and, and just talking to them and guiding them, you know, not being afraid. And so I also identify there. And now that, uh, you know, I'm becoming, I'm, you know, I became a parent. Uh, I'm also starting to realize that, you know, God is also a parent, you know, he, hmm. he's caring for us. He's nurturing us. Uh, he always wants what's best for us. Never wants to see us fail, but we also have to work hard. Uh, and so that's how I see God, you know, so I'm growing older and older. And again, the, the, like there's 
when when he made us, um, you know, we were shaped in his image and likeness. And so you can definitely see that as you're growing as a human being, and eventually when you are at death's door, you can see all facets and, and you know, evolution of what God is. So right now I'm seeing him as a parent. So wow. um, God, your yeah. father. Yeah. And now that I'm a father, it's, it's uh, that's how I'm seeing it as well. And I know he's more than that, but you can just see that how it evolves as a kid. I see him as a kid and as a friend, a best friend, as an adult, I see him as a guide. Now that as I'm a parent, I also see him as a parent to me. So, uh, you know, it's just as you're growing, um, your, your eyes are, and, and your experience gets unlocked. Mm. I love and that. And so it's still, you know, like the mystery. That's the, that's the mystery to me. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's so good. So you mentioned you are, you are a father. Tell us about how many how many kids you have again? I only have one daughter. Uh, kind of hoping that uh, you know we're kind of like late in our age, but kind of hoping that we would still be uh, getting uh, baby number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my daughter actually. Her name is Mariam. Uh, my wife is Christy, so <laughs> there's Christ there. My daughter's Maria. Uh, I'll just make this really quick. Um, our daughter uh, was named after Mary. Uh, that's the Aramaic name of Mary uh, because uh, my wife and I, when we were wishing for her, uh, we visited this place in Turkey in Ephesus, which was the uh, last place on earth where uh, the Virgin Mary uh, ascended. I mean, we all know that she never died. She ascended to heaven uh, as a whole being. And so her last place uh, right now is like a sacred ground. Uh, you know, a lot of you know people go there. And so there's a wishing wall there. And, you know, I wrote four wishes, uh, three of them. And so far, the fourth one is about to become a reality. But so far, all of the wishes came through, and one of them was my daughter. And so, in honor of the Virgin Mary, we named her Maria. So, that's how she came to be. Wow. Wow. That's a religious experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I know uh, your daughter also played a big role in your entrepreneurial journey. Oh, yeah. Um, Tell us about that. Well, I'll, I'll take a few steps back. Uh, it's her and also one one other daughter, um, our uh, dog daughter, basically. Uh, you know, uh, for me, it, uh, for my human daughter, uh, Mariam, it's like, you know, I kind of see the world uh, as it's evolving right now, that it's getting tougher and tougher uh, for someone like her to be successful, knowing that, you know, our population is getting bigger, the world's getting smaller, it's very, it's becoming very, very competitive. And so like, I have to create something for her uh, that, you know, that her mom and I can protect, uh, not really be dependent because I know being an employee uh, or being someone that works for a different system that you are expendable. So like to create a world for her where it, you know, it's her rules, her, it's her own, but of course we want to guide her on how to do it properly. Um, On the other end, that's why I mentioned our dog daughter, you know, this is one of the saddest. And and again, I always keep recollecting to this um, when our 
dog passed away. Her name is Kate. Um, it's one of the worst moments that I've ever had in my life. Uh, she got sick and we took her to the vet and apparently the, just the cost of medical to get her through operation and everything was just exorbitant. Mm. And so I have decided to like, you know, at that point, you know, we were living uh, in Boca Raton in, in Florida. It's one of the most affluent cities in the world. You know, a lot of people who are very, very rich. It's just like you are just surrounded by all these money. And uh, we were there and we were in a vet um, and, you know, we were practically broke, my wife and I, to kind of like spend any money uh, for our dog. And so, you know, we decided to put her down. And when that happened, you know, it was just falling. Um, and really, it's not really because our dog passed away. Yeah, that's the majority of it. But one thing that really crossed my mind is like, because I can't help her. You know, uh, I've been betrayed before. I've gotten hurt so many times. But I think the worst is when you are in a state of helplessness. You, there's nothing, anything you can do. It's the inevitability of, of things to come and you cannot stop it. And that's, to me, it's like, like, you know what, if I have the resources, if I worked hard, if I did this, I can't stop this. And so, you know, relating to that, you know, there's world hunger, there's world sickness, there's oppression. You know, if you can, if I have the resources, if I have, you know, the firepower, you know, we can stop that. Mm -hmm. I, and I believe that. So uh, at this point, we want to get to uh, a platform where we can help a lot of people. And so I guess you know, that's one of also the inspiration there, although it was a bad experience, but I, I drew it from there as well. Yeah. So, again, the state of helplessness, you know, that's the worst feeling. You know, you can be betrayed, you know, uh, you can, you know, people always be a traitor to you uh, or you can get hurt in so many ways, but I think nothing stinks the most when you feel that there's nothing you can do. And then I think that that is just for me personally, the yeah. state of helplessness. Yeah. And that moved you to action. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It, it, oh, a lot of ways. Cause when my daughter was there at that time as well, when I came home, she was asking me, so where's Kate? Where's Kate? And I like, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, she, she, yeah, she's in a better place now. Uh, she's with God. You know, we will see her soon. But, you know, very, very. She's with, with with God right now, and so it's kind of hard to explain that. But yeah, it 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 made me. Uh, it moved me, and and uh, never again. So that's why, you know, it also kind of helped us uh, propel biochemy. Wow. So tell us about yeah. When did the idea? for diochemy get birthed? It, uh, back in- I know it's been a long time. Remind, remind me, when did you start the company? It was conceptualized back in 2014. 2014. It's about eight years now. It took us uh, close to about four or five years before we finally got a facility and uh, you know had to uh, start creating stuff from there. Uh, so yeah, it's been eight years, but the actual time where it really started rolling was 2018. Mm. The last four years, it's always about trying to get people, you know, like try to get family and, 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 and friends like, Hey, help me bootstrap this thing, you know, and, uh, it, it, it took a while and a lot of drama in between. I bet. I bet. Okay. So what was the, yeah. 
when did the concept um, come together for you and your wife? Uh, it was 2014. Um, I saw the state of things here because like uh, we were living in the U.S. and uh, my wife and I we would visit the Philippines, I would say every two years, every three years and, and seeing the state of things here. Uh, we, I kind of saw that, you know, I, me as a research scientist uh, and making a lot of materials for the U.S., uh, kind of realized, like, you know, I can bring this to the Philippines and really up the game there. Mm. You know, we're talking about construction materials. Right. Um, what was the because, first product? What was the first product that you... you yeah, know, we wanted to bring out our fireproofing product, which was Ridfire. Um, at that time, it's like, yeah, it's a novel product. You know, it will help protect people. It will protect properties from getting burnt. Um and when we first started to bring it here, um, it, yeah, it never caught fire. No, no pun intended. It never caught because um, there was still a bigger problem. And that was the, uh, the waterproofing issue of the Philippines. Like mm -hmm. for a country that gets ravaged by typhoons and floods and monsoon, um, you know, we never became masters of, of you know, waterproofing. And so, we addressed that and, and lo and behold, uh, I guess we were guided and, you know, we, uh, the, the good Lord showed us that you know, if you focus on this more, I mean, you might see something here. And so we did actually. So now it is our bread and butter uh, product. Wow. Wow. Do you, uh, do you remember the first like uh, finished product that you sold? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I do remember it was in 2019 and it was with a big customer. Um, we, we had a tough time negotiating and uh, it got to a point like, no, we're not going to make anything out of this deal. But I've kind of pulled the trigger because, uh, you know, they're a big customer. They're a big name. So as soon as they uh, use our product, we kind of hope that, you know, uh, the referral to them would kind of help us spread and it did actually so that that gamble kind of paid off although we, we didn't make any, you know we didn't make any money out of that deal but um, just the referral and the use uh, of their name uh, became you know really really handy for us positioning ourselves and into this day, day in time right now we don't even we're not even mentioning them anymore because of the so many bigger names that we were able to reel in. Um, but we were very grateful for that. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So, wow. I'm just tracing back your timeline, your journey. It's, it's, it's remarkable from 2014 to 2018, you know, that's a lot of the ideation and R and D building, you know, I'm sure going back and forth to the drawing board, all the, a lot of figuring things out and getting the facility finally in 2018 right correct you got the facility you have your first major customer in 2019 and then the pandemic hit <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah we, what did you learn during that period although we know i mean yeah I, I know now you know your business praise god is continuing to grow um and really awesome success but i'm curious yeah what was your 
um, response during the pandemic in 2020? Uh, originally, it was despair. Um, mm. We were locked down. So we were not allowed to leave our homes. It felt like you were a prison at your own house. So kind of like every night, I would just look at the moon and the stars and like kind of hoping like, what, what's going to happen? Oh, I mean, this thing going to be okay. Uh, we're relatively new. We're just about to pick up. And, you know, we got hit by this pandemic and we're worried. Mm. So, um, but, you know, we at that time, it's like, okay, there's not much more I can do. So, uh, of course, uh, I... I, I uh, what I did was I read a lot of books, um, you know, kind of like entertained myself by education. And uh, our, our village actually uh, was kind of like okay for people to jog and walk. And so, yeah, physically, I kind of got myself into shape. I was a little bit out of shape prior to the pandemic because I never, was never exercising and had a lot of meetings physically that involved drinking and eating. And so I got a little fat. I must admit to that with the pandemic, uh, I focused on my mental, my intellectual, uh, my physical, and also enhanced my spiritual facets. So that helped. Um, but when the lockdowns kind of eased up, um, we were able to focus on the virtual platform, positioning our products in, in Facebook and in uh, social media. Uh, really helped because everyone was just at home, right? Mm -hmm. So they were also looking at social media. So that really helped. Uh, Zoom, uh, I can't thank God enough for Zoom. Because <laughs> all of our meetings were all now virtual. And so two things was easier, didn't have to travel. And the other thing is I didn't have to spend so much money for food and for drinks because all I have to do is just show them a video or, or, you know, we do Zoom. And again, that's it. That was very, very cheap. And <laughs> God, thank God we were blessed and things picked up from there. Wow. So, uh, you know, we were blessed. I mean, I, 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 I hate to say it, but, you know, the, the pandemic was, you know, a blessing in disguise to us. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's it's great to here right even though uh, they amidst that uncertainty and the, those days and nights of questioning but looking backwards you could see okay there's a light at the end of the tunnel and blessing <laughs> and i'm sure you know i'm curious how it was as well being home right with your family a little bit more well, actually, that was the challenge because I was here in Manila and my yeah. family, they were appalled. So we were, we were separated for, yeah, um, a year. Yeah. And so, and again, we're just being grateful that, you know, with the technology, with FaceTime and with Zoom and all, at least we were able to communicate. Uh, but it was tough. Uh, but uh, again, it, it, you know, it's not much in your control. So, you know, I just focus on the stuff that I can control. And again, I, you know, the other facets that I mentioned, I was able to work on. Them. So yeah. very grateful for that. Despite yeah. the, uh, the distance. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Well, Mark, thank you for sharing your story. And there, there might be listeners out there, you know, other fellow Filipinos who, 
maybe they too, right, have a heart to build a business or they might have some kind of idea. Um, what would be the number one thing that you know now about entrepreneurship, right, that you wish you knew when you were in their, in their stage, in the idea stage? Okay, uh, keyword, creativity, <laughs> imagination. And I don't mean that, you know, you have to be creative in your product or you have to be creative with your process and whatnot. It's just that you will encounter a lot of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, as you guys, uh, can, you know, if you heard earlier that it took me four or five years before we finally got this thing off the ground. Mm-hmm. So, of course, getting finances is one thing. And I know that you guys have a hard lock on what particular number that you want but sometimes you're not going to get it. So just so you know, guys would know, I originally asked for 60 million pesos and you know how much I got? I only got six. I only got six, which was 10%. So guess what? I had to create a facility out of that. I had to hire people out of that money. So again, just being creative, um, imagine, and, and just, you know, don't be hard luck that I need this. I need this. Again, you have to be creative. That's definitely one thing. Um, and, uh, for me also, uh, again, everyone's going to tell you that, Hey, don't give up on your dreams, you know, be realistic. No, there's, there's a healthy, um, level of, of negativity as well that you have to factor in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just being hyper-realistic. So finances is definitely a challenge. Everyone will know that. Okay. I can't start without, uh, without the money. Uh, oh, I can't, uh, uh, what do you call this? Uh, I can't work with this if I can't hire this particular individual. So, and the thing is, when you overthink, uh, that's when, you know, you start to defeat yourself. So we call that analysis paralysis. So guess what? The creativity, the imagination, also other keyword, improvisation will come in very, very handy. So, um, and, and also I'd like to give you this advice you can create any business. Literally, I have seen crap. I mean, crap, the real crap, like dog, uh, like chicken poo, uh, like cow manure, you know, literally crap. I mean, these things can still be positioned and sold and you can be an entrepreneur of these things and you can help a lot of people as well. So, you know, if you have the imagination, the creativity backed by a strong will, uh, you're going to go definitely far. Thank you, Mark. It's wonderful to hear from you. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Wishing thank you. you and your family all the best with Diochemy and, and everything else. God bless yeah. you. Likewise, I wish to all the listeners, I, I hope you get inspired and please do and work on your inspiration. Again, a lot of heartaches, a lot of uh, frustration, uh, but also other thing, this is, I have to advise, never, ever be stubborn. Please don't be hard-headed. Please have an open mind, open ears, open heart. Because if you are dead set and locked in your ways, nothing's going to happen. So always. So when you have everything open, it's easy to be creative and it's easy to improvise. Mm. That's all. Keep, mind, keep your mind open. Keep your mind open. Yeah. So good. So good. Mark, thank you. Thank you again. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Good luck, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Dream Bigger Ventures podcast. 
We're always eager to hear from our listeners to find out how this show can be more enjoyable and helpful to you on your entrepreneurial journey. Leave us a message on dreambiggerph.com. Again, that's dreambiggerph.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.